the first pick. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Who is the number one guy in this draft? Doesn't matter position. Atop your board, Todd. Bryce Young. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. He's a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. Earlier on the show, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. Coming up, Emmy-nominated actress Ray Seahorn. Actor Matt Barr. And now... It's Rich Eisen. That's correct. Can confirm. And the Roku Channel stream shows. There it is. Oh, I just refer to myself as it. Here I am. Uh, I'm sitting here at my desk here in Los Angeles, California. After the show's over, I'm going to Indianapolis, Indiana for the NFL Network's coverage of the Scouting Combine, the least well-rounded event on the NFL calendar. There's nothing well-rounded about it at all. It's just guys in shorts running straight lines, jumping in the air, and then there's interviews, and there's... You know, testing and and medical exams and uh, a lot of head coaches and general managers are there. We just chatted with Matt Eberflus, the coach of the Chicago Bears, who basically said all options are on the table at the quarterback position. They love Justin Fields, but they got due diligence. He said, yes, we're talking to Bryce Young this week. Yes, we're talking to C.J. Stroud this week. If you missed it, don't worry. The show re-airs as soon as it's over. And we got two hours left here on the Roku channel, so we're live on the Roku channel, which is free and also available on all Amazon Fire TVs. It's available on select Samsung smart TVs. It's available on the Roku app, which has the Roku channel free within it, the RokuChannel.com for those using the old internet tubes. Uh, It's free there as well. We chatted with Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague from the NFL Network. We're going to be talking nonstop about all these prospects coming in from all across the football landscape defensive linemen coming up uh uh with the linebackers on thursday night it's a long first night then the defensive backs on friday night quarterbacks and uh and wideouts on saturday tight ends and running backs on sunday and then i'll be back here on monday um tomorrow uh Susie schuster my why? No. <laughs> Stop it. Because she doesn't like it when you do the Borat thing. But she's not here. My betrothed. Your wife. My wife. Will be here uh, sitting in for me tomorrow. Mimosa Wednesday. And then uh, Bobby Let's Bones. Go. Yeah, she's going to be bringing. T- Let's go. She'll be bringing the alcohol. We love it when uh, Bobby goes. Bones Thursday and Friday. Bobby Bones. Uh, then I'll be back here Monday. That's the way we're rolling. Rich, um, it's going to be 70 tomorrow in Indianapolis. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Great. I'll walk to I'm work. Saying, nice weather. I'll walk yeah, to work. Normally take the tunnels yeah. and, the, and the catacombs or whatever there nice, in Indianapolis. Nice weather tomorrow. Um, hey, how's the weather out there? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Matt Barr from CW, uh, Walker Independence, will be joining us in studio in hour number three. And look, we've been on the air here for eight plus years. Can you believe we're turning nine this fall? Can you believe it? No, I can't. Okay. <laughs> Our first in-studio guest, first ever in-studio guest was Vince Gilligan. Day one. And it was right as Breaking Bad was ending, and he gave us a little extra time because he, he had to leave the writer's room for his new show called Better Call Saul. Yep. And we've had Giancarlo Esposito here, and we've had Brian Cranston here multiple times. Um, and so, as you know, we have been into the Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, oeuvre. Jonathan Banks called in, cursed his head off. Patrick Fabian, who plays Howard Hammond, has been here uh, in studio. Michael McKeon called in. Bob Odenkirk we've had on this program as well. When 
We found out last night that we were having Ray Seahorn, who was nominated for her role multiple times as Kim Wexler. You, like, texted the group, Chris. And you don't ever really do that. No, because it was was watching a show last night, and it was, like, getting ready for bed. The show show being the Celtics losing to the Knicks, or is it a different show? Wow. Without Jalen Brown? I mean, you're going to count that? And I was it just checking. The it's standards. like Better Call Saul without I was Ray Seahorn. Checking the show email. I was like, oh, holy ass. There we let's go. go. There we go. Let's ride. Um, Look, so I, I got a Walter White Heisenberg okay, piece very of good. art right here. That well, I mean, every day, I don't think know? she she actually her character was the one with uh, Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman. That was the right. what a choice that was. Let's connect those two characters together in Better Call Saul. Um. At any rate, we love that show and uh, the new movie Linoleum. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, another what friend of the show. Him. And the cast includes Jim Gaffigan, Tony Shalhoub, Michael Ian Black. They've all been on this program. Michael Ian Black, a two-time Super Bowl champion through seven years of his NFL career. <laughs> if you see on his bio at Twitter. I did not know. Two, yeah, two rings, <laughs> not nine years, two rings or something like that. Whatever. Uh, anyway, Ray, Ray is in studio coming up in just about... 15 minutes time we're all excited so clear your workspaces and then uh, in hour number three when matt Barr comes in yet another difficult two shot for the kid um it's a handsome guy kind of like brandon sklenar who uh, was here from friday from 1923 and you're you're now seeing his work for the first time tj yeah i started it like i said i i for whatever reason i didn't think i'd be into 1883 and, and then, then you did brockman kept trying to get me to watch it and i powered through it and then i started 1923 and now and you're off there's a couple scenes in there that made it tough but yeah, i know brandon he's <laughs> he's amazing very he, good he's great in it um speaking of roughing it aaron Rodgers still is and um, still in the hole? well i mean he has it he he is you know Out. we haven't heard from him nobody knows he <laughs> he wasn't even on pat's show yesterday right well, today's Tuesday. Oh, okay. So maybe he'll show up on Pat's show and I don't know. I, see a shadow I haven't, or I haven't. <laughs> it'll be longer winter for Green Bay because he hasn't given an answer yet. Man, that was cold-blooded. And so <laughs> uh, we haven't used that Gus Johnson drop in a while. <laughs> That's cold. I'm, no, I'm, it's the truth, though. I'm, I'm I mean, we're all waiting. And, well, we are waiting. And it's not just we in the media. It's teams that are looking for quarterbacks who happen to be first ballot great. You know, who may just be available to help you win a championship in his remaining years of a window of greatness. But apparently there's other stuff that comes with Aaron Rodgers, as is evidenced by him not responding to the Packers yet. And before we play the soundbite from Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the Packers, who spoke not at a podium but locally to uh, reporters, and uh, or or he spoke to re- the local beat writers and reporters of the uh, the Wisconsin world, who and maybe some other interested national folks who might be interested. You know, New York writers who are interested if the Jets are interested in Aaron Rodgers and so on and so forth. Just understand this in advance: the fact that Rodgers hasn't told Brian Gutekunst anything yet, significant yet. He's not anywhere near the drama of Brett Favre from back in the day when Rodgers was the Jordan Love in this equation, waiting for his chance. Not at all. Just think, 
if Rodgers was not telling anything to Gutekunst by March 28th, then he'd be entering the Favre <laughs> era. And then him then saying, I'm retired, and coming back and saying, I want to come back to the Packers on June 28th. Now he's entered Favre territory. So I front load that when we now listen to Brian Gutekunst talk about the latest between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, really no updates. You know, again, I think, uh, like I was talking earlier, um, haven't had the conversations that we need to have yet. So really, really no update. Um, but looking forward here to being an ND and, and, and look at these prospects and trying to help this football team. Who initiates when those conversations will take place with Aaron? Yeah, there's been some contact back and forth. Um, obviously, he's, he's had some things on his plate, uh, but hopefully those things will happen soon. Do you want him back as the quarterback of the pack? Mm. Yeah, I think you know that those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit. But um, obviously, we know the kind of player that Aaron is, and um, you know, once we have those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward. We'll have more to say. Now, the words, the right fit. Yeah, he's not coming back. Jump <laughs> out at you and just hit you over the head. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers not the right fit for the Green Bay Packers. Really. What does that mean? And I asked this of Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated yesterday, and I'm going to ask it of everybody until we get an answer here. Because you hear all the time, Rodgers, the Packers need to know if he's all in. And I asked Breer, what does that mean? Because when they need him to hear that he's all in, how was he not all in last year? Because he wasn't at all the offseason workouts. You know, he didn't have like a, a Rodgers mini camp of his own with the young kids who just got drafted. And don't listen to all that stuff about how he's estranged from a lot of the locker room. Favre went through the same thing because guess what? The kids in that locker room are literally half his age. What's he going to talk to him about? New TikToks? <laughs> Seriously. What's he going to talk to him about? <laughs> hey, want to make a TikTok? Call of Duty. Hey, Aaron, we're making TikToks over here. You want to join us? Seriously. Christian Watson is 23. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's not much in common here. So that might be what he's talking about, too. So don't don't make it seem like Rogers is the a-hole that won't fit in the square peg hole. It may just be, we're a young team. Jordan will be the guy here. He loves TikTok. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want a TikTok? Wanna Hello, fellow youths. <laughs> Who wants to TikTok today? You know, I mean, so that's maybe what he's talking about, too. Right fit. Jordan Love may be the right fit because that's a 23-year-old. That's a 22-year-old. That's this guy who's growing up. Rogers may be like, you know what? Uh-uh. I'm done with the childcare. I want to go someplace where there's a grown ass man named Devonte Adams, or I want to go to a spot where you know. Was a grown ass man named Mike Evans? So you know, or Derrick Henry? I don't know. I mean, like, so let's just you know bide our time a little bit more because there is time. The new league year begins two weeks from tomorrow. The What's it called again? Negotiating It's the window? negotiation, negotiation period. period. Ah, that begins two weeks from yesterday. Yeah. 
So I printed that out for you. There's time. <laughs> there's time. He could even go, you know, in the dark again for three, four more days and still. Hello, darkness. My old now, I, I understand the Packers want an answer. I would, too. Like, just ask uh, Jerry, agent to the stars. When I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> to find something, I'm like Mona Lisa Vito. My clock is ticking. You know, when I'm trying to make a business deal for this show and everything else, I'm like, let's go. So I understand the Packers want to know, certainly when they're walking around and evaluating talent and what direction are they going to go in, and maybe just maybe they're hoping Rodgers comes out and says, I don't want to play anymore. Well, or pa- for you, or I want to go somewhere else, send me somewhere else. And you start Jordan Love's tenure. Like, this is the way I'm reading it all here. And, you know, I think people are going to be like, the right fit. How is Rodgers not the right fit? He may not be the right fit anymore. Maybe it. And I, I do speak to some fans that are like, "We're done. We're done. The sky caves and the <laughs> and 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 everything else that he's saying. We're done. Yeah. He's making us wait." And it's like, again, this is not even remotely close to Favre. <laughs> Got some time. For oh my goodness! He's, he he hasn't given an answer yet. I'm a little surprised by that. I mean, but it's not like he's done, gone radio silent. So. We're going to find out. And I can't wait to get to Indianapolis. I am going to hear all sorts of insane things. All the tea's going to be spilled there, Rich. Oh, oh, man. It's going to be like the Boston Tea Party there. Start, a, out. start a burner Twitter, okay? <laughs> yeah, and just. And then to text it to me, and then I'll just hit it with retweets, yeah. but it'll be like a wink, wink that we know that you're telling us what's yeah. going on. At, at B. Colangelo? No, overheard at the Combine. It's an yeah. old school NBA reference. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> I don't like that one either. But Sorry. <laughs> I ruined his team. Sorry. Sure. The process. Overheard was. at Combine. And then just like, you, yeah. t- you hit me. I'll just nod. like subtly retweet it. Could you imagine I do something like that? How stupid could I be? Well, well you, you wouldn't be doing it. Gene, you're you, not doing you, it. You would you technically be deep throat. You know what I'm going to do instead? I'm just going to go take a nap. Because I got three kids. And I'm honestly... <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, there's there's three right. things there's three things I'm going to do at the combine. I'm going to work my ass off, sleep in, not work I'm gonna, out. I'm going to on a, on occasion have a, a glass of red yeah, at work. night. Oh, well, that's mandatory. And then, and then whenever possible, go to sleep. <laughs> I'm going to create my own little darkness cave in whatever hotel room <laughs> I've got, and it's just going to be like I want blackout curtains. You want a hack for that? Oh, I got, I got, I got like some eye pillows. Hey, the eye pillows. Oh, yeah. Take the curtains. You know Good the, night. My left eye is twitching having this conversation. You know the hangers in hotel rooms that have the little hooks on it yeah, for of your pants? Yeah. You take those, mm. and you put the curtains together, and you use those to make oh. it shut, and that's how nothing, no, wow. no light seeps. You didn't know that? I, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I got it. I got, got it. it. Oh, gosh. So that's my plan. Okay. For you can the NFL text Network's me coverage. You hear and I'll just hit it from one of my burners. And that's my take on Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. From soup to absolutely nuts. From soup to nuts. Okay. Oh, put that on a t shirt. Let's take a break and let's bring out. Um, I cannot wait to meet her and have a chat. Uh, Ray Seahorn. She's in the new movie with Jim Gaffigan called Linoleum. We can welcome her to the Roku channel and more when we come back.
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on our radio show, we're here with the great Ray Seahorn. We just saw a clip of linoleum uh, in select theaters near you. Two things. Uh, first things first, we've got to get your characters a more reliable man. <laughs> One's building a rocket ship in a garage. It's true. Another one is, well, we all know what Jimmy did. Um, but let's talk linoleum here with you. It's, and maybe I should only ever work with uh, leading men that um, are great comedic yes. actors and you didn't know what else they could do that's correct <laughs> that's that's another theme right here that, that is or you bring it out of them i mean i you, don't you, i doubt that but. so um let's let's talk about this this new movie that you're in with uh, jim gaffigan michael ian black is in the cast tony shalhoub a, a terrific cast and i i i i want to if you will, to use a, a phrase from uh another world tread lightly here right because there's I'll give you the floor on what the movie's about because I don't want to give anything away. There's, okay. there's many layers to this film. So oh, go. you're going to make me say it? Yeah. Well, what there's another that? comparison with Saul, right? I think I'm okay. destined to talk about shows where I'm not allowed to say anything. That's <laughs> um, well, then we'll talk about your next project as well with Vince which Gilligan. I, that, I think I can say less about that. Um, right. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it is hard to describe, and you've seen it, and so you know why. And I was just talking to um, Liz here that it's. There are definitely some non-linear narrative plot lines that uh, you may feel like you're not sure what's happening and there is some satisfaction to how they they add up. But in my experience, it's actually better to just let go of trying to add it up and let those last 15 minutes um, find you wherever you are. Because I've been around quite a few people watching screenings now and uh, I know I'm not summing this up well, but it is about... It's about the chapters of life we 
go through. Mm-hmm. There is a sci-fi element. There is a dark comedy element. Um, but it's it's a love story about um, trying to get through this life uh, uh, with your partner and the different roles that we have to take on to get there. And it's in uh, select theaters near you yes. right now. Uh, Linoleum, you and Jim Gaffigan, who is, I He's love so that great. guy. I love him. I love him. And Jeannie. His right. wife and his kids. That's right. uh, we were shooting in upstate New York, height of the pandemic, pre-vaccine, in a little uh, Best Western bubble. Yeah. Um, and, um, but on <laughs> yeah. the weekends, I couldn't fly home to L.A., so I would stay with uh, Jeannie and Jim and his kids. So you were you were a Gaffigan. You were an, I was a Gaffigan. You were, you were an unofficial uh, Gaffigan yes. for, for a while. Yeah, I also like forced uh, Bob Odenkirk and Patrick Fabian's families to adopt me, and we the three of us lived together when we were shooting. That's my jam. That's your jam is just to go <laughs> into these shoots and do all that yeah. stuff. We, we've had Patrick here on the show. He's what so a, great. He, he says hi. Oh. He said to tell you something about he got to do the twin towel. The terror towel. Oh, the terrible towel. Yes. Is that a thing? Yes. He's a diehard. I'm so afraid I'm going to be asked a sports question. Don't worry about it. By the way, do you ever see the movie Diner? You ever see that movie? Okay. This is not that. Like we're not we're not going to quiz you and you know and then and then you're allowed to come out of the room when you've passed enough. Like that's that's not the way it's on constantly in my house. There you go. Every sport there is. Is that right? Because of my two boys and grandma. So what sports are on in your house? Every sport. Okay. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Everything New York. Did you catch the Super Bowl? It was it was on. Okay, <laughs> it was on. <laughs> I love it. So New York, it's a New York yeah, sports my, household. My fiance uh, Graham Larson is a New Yorker. The boys were born here. Okay. I'm I'm stepmom. I'm from the East Coast, but he's made the boys believe they're New Yorkers. I think they think they actually are from New York. <laughs> but you grew up all over the place, right? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, D.C. and uh, uh, where else? Japan, Virginia, Arizona. Yeah, that's all over the place. Kind of. That's pretty nice. Yeah, so it's tough to, you know, land in one spot uh, sports-wise. So you've adopted the New York sports scene. Oh, that's why. Okay, yes. That's it. See, that's absolutely right. But the (laughs) New York sports scene has adopted you in passing is the way to put it right there. Yes. Okay. I'm from New York City myself. so that's my Yeah, that's my scene. That's nice. my scene, for sure. I love New York. Uh, it's, so do it's I. my favorite place. So let's just jump into okay, uh, yes. the Kim Wexler character, if you don't mind. Sure. How were you introduced to her? How did that get introduced uh, to you? I actually came and read for it. Um, Vince and Peter were already down in Albuquerque scouting. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew Breaking Bad very well. And uh, uh, Sharon Bialy, Sherry Thomas, Russell Scott of Bialy Thomas casting that I've been in for, uh, for years and years and years and years. Um, do, and I was doing sitcoms. When I was doing theater back East Coast, I did drama and comedy. But once I came out with a sitcom, that's kind of where you get put. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But Bialy Thomas Casting had been calling him in for a lot of dramas for years. And um, so they thought that I was a good fit for the role and sent tapes to Vincent Peter. And we went through that process. And then I did a chemistry, chemistry read with Bob. And then... Um, Came on the show, but Boom. I knew very little about the character. Right, so very, very little, and so so did we. Obviously, is is viewers, and so did they. Uh, they told me, <laughs> is, is that right? <laughs> yeah, it was not. It was not sort of planned out. There was a lot of elements that changed. Um, Michael McKean, the great Michael McKean, playing Chuck. Uh, he was at one time supposed to be the thing that made you see the soft side of Jimmy. Jimmy yes. was going to become Saul right away. I believe within the first season. Yeah. And Chuck was going to be uh, this sort of invalid that had to be taken care of. Um, But Michael McKean played it with such gravitas and such um, so much complexity and subtext that they were like, oh, I think this is a formidable foe. And then Howard, Patrick Fabian playing Howard, came in and there was this 
complexity the way he was like it's easy to project onto him that he's one simple thing but he was playing it with more excuse me i hit your mic and then um and then i was in these scenes where she says very little but is constantly present and observing Mm -hmm. and i thought well not speaking in a room can be a position of weakness or a position of power and i find the latter more interesting so we all were kind of coming at our characters that way and things got jostled around and suddenly Michael McKean's was the foe, and I was his heart, and and Howard was uh, the person that Jimmy was projecting everything onto, who doesn't deserve it. It was interesting. It is it is it is fascinating to me because obviously, as fans of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, the fan base ascribes to Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould the 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 I guess the belief that they've got it all mapped out from beginning to the very end, and they fully admit. That is not the case. Not the case. It's and you, a I know you've had Vince well. on here, and I don't right. know if you've had Peter, but it's, it fascinates yes. me. Even when I did the um, the uh, post, not the post shows, but the uh, the podcast that we would do, um, I just couldn't believe it. I kept like quizzing them. Like you, you were had to stuff? know the stuff. Yeah, I was like, you had to know the stuffed animal. Why the stuffed animal was floating in the pool? Yeah. I don't believe that that wasn't With like a eye. deep plant. Right. Yeah. And they were like, well, no, we knew it fell out of the sky. We weren't sure why. <laughs> and then we got around to you know. Uh, 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 Jessica's character dying. I'm um, oh, sorry, Kristen Ritter's character dying. Jesse's girlfriend is what I meant to say. Um, and we're like, oh, maybe her uh, uh, dad flies a plane. And I'm just like, I don't know how you didn't piece this together. And I'm sure they told you that Saul Goodman wasn't going to exist, except that uh, Jonathan Banks was not available. Sorry, I said it backwards. Bob was not available for Saul Goodman to clean up mm-hmm. her body. And so the Mike Ermintrout character was created. That is actually news to me and us, right? I did not know Isn't that. that crazy? Say, that one, say that one more time. So when she dies, when she chokes on her own vomit, one of the best episodes ever. Um, this is Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter. Um, I'm by the way, the, by the her way, her name in it is what? The we, char- you can look that up, Chris. We've had, um, if you don't mind, um, we, we've had Brian Cranston here uh, multiple times. He he's said so that's great. one of the toughest scenes he's ever had to do. Had to be. Is watching... That character, Kristen yes. Ritter's character, choke because he thought of his own daughter. Horrible, it's right? Horrible. I, and so that's and and so um, he he said that about that scene. Yeah, and he writes Jane. about it. In his um, his um, autobiography is great. Right? He, yeah, that. we have it actually. It's, it's so signed copy right there. He talks uh, about that there. scene and how originally he was supposed to actively uh, like strangle her. Or I, I forget. Like he was supposed to be more active instead of passively just not turning her body. Yeah. Oh, I think he was supposed to turn her on her back. And instead of instead of just not helping, yeah, just watching. It and there's happen. something more insidious in that moment because I guess because of what Peter and Vince do so well, and all the writers on that show, where they make sure the lines that you're crossing are a little at a time, so that by the time somebody is in a horrible position, mm. you're like, oh, I, I would I would never do that, but you might have done step one, you might have just cheated on your taxes, you might have not put a note on that person's car that you had, you know, it's just like they make these steps, obviously passively letting somebody choke on their vomit is a big step. But yes. <laughs> anyway, what I was saying is that like, rather yeah. than, you know, leaving out a receipt right. on your taxes, nobody understands so what you're I saying. So I asked Vincent Peter in one of the podcasts, I go, mm. okay, I know you guys just like to say that you didn't like map it all out, but uh, you would have to know if you have guest stars, whether or not they can come back. How right. do you write a story if, if somebody might not be available? And they said, funny, you should ask that. Bob, I think maybe Bob was shooting Alexander Payne's Nebraska maybe mm-hmm. at the time, but he was shooting something and they wrote when Kristen's character dies that he comes and cleans up the body in this very um, cold, unfeeling manner. Uh, and that was going to be where his character started to go. Mm-hmm. 
And he was simply not available, so they made up the Mike Ehrmantraut character. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Right. And, uh, and Jonathan Banks played it, and now it's like, you know, invaluable to the show, that character. And also, like, I'm so glad that that's not how we saw Saul. That would have forever changed yes. how we saw him as well. Ray Seahorn here on the Rich Eisen Show. Again, uh, Linoleum in select theaters um, and her new movie. Uh, and I don't mean to talk about you like you're not sitting here. So let me just get right back to um, what you just, we just had a conversation about a Brian Cranston and, yeah. and him being here and him conjuring up a vision of his own daughter as he's watching a, a, yeah. a character, you know, um, Jesse Pinkman's girlfriend, uh, Jane Kristen Ritter. Um, Thank you. Um, choke. She's so great. So where did you find the emotion for the second to last episode. We've talked about it with Vince on the show. You were even, wow. you even saw it on Twitter. You, you, you tweeted back at the show, which we were yes. all delighted about is that you playing your character, Kim Wexler in the second to last episode, fittingly called waterworks, yeah. a, a better call Saul. Your character has just come clean to Howard Hamlin's uh, widow in the form of an affidavit. You've now come clean to a court on everything that you've done in the history of the program. And you're now flying back to your new life mm -hmm. in Florida on, um, on a, on a bus mm -hmm. in an airport mm -hmm. and you break down crying. Where yeah. do you, what, what were you thinking? Like, what, where do you find that? Right. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I started with like uh, emotionally what might be going on, but in the end you need to know how to do your job at three o'clock in the morning for multiple takes, mm -hmm. um, freezing cold at the Albuquerque airport. Um, luckily I have the most supportive family and, and Vince Gilligan, who's a dear friend and I admire him so much looking on and encouraging me. But at the end of the day, I felt like I truly understood what Kim would be grieving in that moment. And it is not, just what happened that day. It's mm -hmm. um, the loss of this relationship, um, the loss of herself, the loss of the man she knew Jimmy could be, um, fear for him, fear for herself. She might go to jail. Uh, she doesn't know at that point. Um, it's, it's a true tragedy. And the questions that they had throughout the whole show of like, who are we innately versus who are we because of the people we come into contact with um, and uh, the summary of your experience, like all of those things, they felt tragic to me. And then I placed different things in my body. I think we've all been in public when we were going to fall apart. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's a, it's, it's an old uh, phrase that people use too much, but it, your job is to play against. That's, that's why it's interesting. What is do you, that mean? you fight to not cry because that's what we do when we're in public. Nobody like wants to ball in front of a tram of strangers. Yeah, returning a, um, returning a rent a car. Yeah, <laughs> returning a rent a car. But I went in thinking these things, and by the time you sit on that bus with the lump in your throat, which we've all had before, if you try to swallow it hard enough, uh, it will fight you. It will fight you back, and that's what ended up making me. Um, and then just, I felt everything. I felt everything of 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 following this woman and this relationship for seven years. Yeah, and just, the, you know, how you shake your head. It's just, that's what got me oh, to start. Because, thank you. No, because I have done, you know, you know, had similar moments where you just, like, did I, did that really happen? Yeah. You know, like, that's, yeah, that's what was so believable, obviously, your, your emotions. Um, but yeah, what, what, how did we, how did, how did we get here? How, how did I get here? Um, yeah. And, and, and also, please 
don't come out right now. Like, that's the other, like, mm, nope, mm, save it, suck right. it up. You've been sucking it up for seven years, and you can still suck it up. And I told Vince, I was like, I'm afraid to, like, it's always more interesting to fight, not to cry. Are we sure we really want him to cry? And he was like, Ray. And Peter said the same thing. He's like, you, Kim has kept her shit together yeah. for six seasons. Yeah. She's allowed to fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as I pointed out, even, like, your hair was always in a tight, you yeah. know, uh, ponytail. Yep. So, but what you just said, though, Ray Seahorn here on The Rich Eisen Show, what you just said, though, is that, you know, she lost herself. Yeah. But did she really, though? Because it seems that, you know, part of her was... She's still in there. Yes. And, and the way that things ended, spoiler alert, it yeah. did kind of, when you visited Jimmy in, in, in prison, it yeah. did seem like, you know, you kind of scammed your way in there. Yeah. And, and it seems like, you know, that you're... The, the losing yourself is the character in Florida. With the the schmo, with the schmo, you're shacked up with, Absolutely. or you're with, you know, with mayonnaise for <laughs> as a side, like, and it's just, you know, you're. There's you're, nothing wrong. You're writing with that, for sprinkle. No, 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 no. I'm, yeah. but, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's wrong. Just compared to the living on the edge of what yeah. you had, which is so, also the drive. I mean, people are watching that, knowing the Kim that she was. Right. Uh, you know, it's one of those things like I, I'm, I'm up late at night thinking like, who are all the authors we'll never read? Who are the paintings? What, you know, what are the paintings we'll never see? There's um, just like there's, you know, there's people like working at the grocery store that are beautiful poets. Yes. And, and um, so there's nothing wrong with her life. The tragedy is that, uh, you know, what she's capable of and you and you hope she has those opportunities again. So where is she today? I am a hopeless romantic. So even though I know that the series Peter nailed the ending as far as like he's like, I want people I want the, their lives to live on and for them to continue to have questions. The audience. Yes. And I said, well, I think you did that. I said, but I'm a hopeless romantic. So if anyone asks me, I'm going to say she definitely tries to figure out how to reduce his sentence. Um, I don't think she scams. And we did have, you know, when he does finger guns. Yes. We shot me giving them back. Mm-hmm. Kim, yeah. And they took it out. Um, and at first What's I was up with that? sad. At first I was really sad. And then um, Peter said, and Vince said, well, um, it was important to us that it not look like she just went right back. Her car, you know, car tire just went right back into the rut. Yes. She is different. She is changed forever. Yes. Um, and she truly might get back into practicing law and figure out how to do something about this, but it won't be by scamming this time. So you reduce his sentence and what, are you living together? I don't know. Conjugal like, do visits? I don't, I don't know. know. I know. You know what I mean? Like, you can't say with Glenn what, and just, just do puzzles with no pictures on them. I do jigsaw puzzles. And so I, do I. When I read the script that she's doing one with no picture, I was like, oh, he hasn't decided because he's very particular, as you know, yes. in the most beautiful way. Yes. I was like, oh, he, oh, it's a placeholder. He hasn't decided. And then I got there. It was legit just a blue puzzle with no. <laughs> I was like, that's maniacal. She's yeah. lost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you do a puzzle with no pictures on it? I mean, that's, no. that's nuts. People do with them, though. Okay. People do them, All right. and then they kill people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to get any free puzzles. Out Spoiler of this alert! Right. <laughs> My goodness, Ray. No, Me but too, hey, it is just uh, I mean, what a world. Uh, Did he tell you we weren't in Florida either for any of that? We were. No. In, oh yeah, we were in Albuquerque, and it was freezing, freezing. Really? Okay. Walking around the yard in like a little skirt. Like yeah. in Florida? Chewing ice so your breath doesn't show. My gosh. Chewing and here ice. I thought your most impressive acting was on that bus returning your rent car. It's not. It's about the countdown before they say action. And you and uh, all the wonderful gals playing my friends, we would look at each other and we, were, and we would say, shoulders down on five. Five, four, three, right. two, one. Because you're like. <laughs> oh, my God. 
It so matter. You're, it's you're, a joy. Everything on that course, sense of joy. Of course. I mean, <laughs> so your favorite your favorite scene uh, with you or Jimmy or you and whomever, you and Patrick. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm just doing it. And I'm going to tap dance favorite a little scene? longer. That's impossible. Well, I mean, just for your for your character, for your moment that you're 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 you look back on. You're like, that was it. That's impossible. Anything? I loved. Uh, is this season three? I loved like uh, yelling at Patrick, uh, yelling at Hamlin, or okay. um, when I bring, when he wants to tell Jimmy that my uh, that Chuck left him nothing. Uh-huh. I also loved my stairwell scene with all the montage post its. That's the first time they gave me a story like alone, and it was so great. Um, okay, that's. Great. I love all my quiet scenes with with Bob the most. We have explosive scenes that were very very hard and very very challenging. But yes. when we would do stuff like laughing at the same joke or brushing our teeth or uh watching a movie or eating chinese food we 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 developed this respect with each other and mm-hmm. each other's work so much that um nothing could be said without hang it was a it was a real volleyball match which i believe is what people are seeing when they say there's chemistry it's when there's a there's an invisible tether between the two that it does not matter if you planned your performance in your trailer to to the teeth yes it cannot be the same until you find out what your scene partner is going to do. And um, I just loved every, every pitch he threw me. I love it. And then, you know, the choice that they made to connect your character with Jesse Pinkman. So fun. Because your character, again, and that, that's what kind of got us on pins and needles watching this is we didn't see you in Breaking Bad. We yeah. did not. So we had no idea how your character was going to wind up. Me neither. At all, right? Nothing. Were you like getting scripts, thinking, looking to see if you oh, were yeah. wound up? Didn't Patrick tell you? That's all we would because no. he and I are cut from the same. I wouldn't even say self-deprecating. I'll right. say self-loathing cloth. And right. like we were like constantly flipping, going like, "I'm not dead. At least I'm not dead. I don't care what I'm doing. At least I'm not dead. Not. I, I live another day." We we you even thanked Vince for Kim yes. not. Being, every single week, it was a thing on the podcast, and every recap you would read is just like. Thank God Kim lives another week. Because, again, and also because you're the one who actually, you know, broke good, right? Yeah. I mean, and and everybody everybody broke bad and then never broke good. And we were kind of rooting for you to do that and take Saul Goodman with you. Yeah. That's the way I was watching this entire show, this, this slow burn. And that's the Which way I was watching it. Which how genius is it that they made you wish that when you already actually know the outcome? Exactly. You already know he's not going to be okay. Well, I mean, and that's 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 one <laughs> of the many brilliant parts about it is, but to, to hook you up with yeah. Aaron Paul and Jesse Pinkman, um, what, just before I let you go, what was that scene like for you to be, I guess, so great. to be in Breaking Bad in a way? I didn't know. I knew know? those guys were coming. Um, and uh, I was just uh, going to pretend like I had stuff to do that week so that I could yeah. <laughs> stay in town and, and uh, go, hey, I've met them both and they're so, so lovely and generous. Um, but I didn't think I'd have a scene with them. And then because of uh, the location of the front of that office the that strip mall and um aaron and brian's schedules and you know coordinating all of that and getting them into town under deep cover and all this stuff we had to shoot the scenes out of order and i had to shoot that scene well before that episode so i did not i didn't even know that they get divorced and they're like and she's carrying her divorce papers and i was like what oh really <laughs> what's happening and um oh. i gen and they did have when we were saying earlier that they don't plan everything out because of uh, COVID, they had written their scripts much more further along than mm-hmm. we um, normally have. 
as well as we knew it was a finale. So there were milepost that had to be hit. I mean, Peter had to hit so many different storylines from the Breaking Bad world and from the Better Call Saul world. Yeah. Um, so I generally don't want to know too much ahead of time because it's my ramp space is full with the job I'm doing at hand. But I did call Peter and I was like, Clearly, you have to tell me a little bit. What happened? What was I doing? I had never seen the front of Saul Goodman's office in that era. So I was like, what am I doing there? What's happening? And he told me exactly what I needed to know to play this scene, which had less to do with what is this interaction with um, Aaron Paul's character. That's for the audience to sort of wonder uh, about the mystery of. But um, he told me what the scene was that was inside, which we did not shoot until much later. The scene where she comes back to get the divorce papers signed. And when you ask about like the bus scene, like, what do you think about when you're doing that? That's one of those scenes where I've never been divorced. I hope I don't have to go through that. But uh, I was like, oh, we've all been there where you were deeply in love with someone. And then you show up at a party Mm -hmm. and they act like it wasn't a big deal. And you think like you're both going to be like, this is hard, isn't it? And they're like, no, it's not. Nope, I haven't even thought about you in years. And I knew Bob was going to play it that way. And so it made me want to throw up. So that's how I played the beginning of the scene. I was like trying to smoke and I was like, I'm going to throw up. Well, you stuck the landing, right? I mean, just (laughs) like you did. Uh, So um, what's what? All right. Go see Linoleum, though. I know that. I I was going to say, what's next? Linoleum in theaters, select theaters. And then then what's going on with your. That doesn't mean I'm not proud of Better Call Saul. I hope I never have to stop talking about Better Call Saul. So what's next? (laughs) the, the, The next project? With Vince, can you tell me anything about it no. other than Apple's involved? What else? Um, what else? When do you have you he started? He told me that he's had these ideas brewing. Uh, they have nothing to do with Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul world. Right. Uh, and he was trying to figure out how to make them work and how to get them to gel together. And that sometime during our show, I, I don't know when, that he was like, "It, it should be." It sh-, he was talking to me. He said, "It should be. It should be you." And I realized, like. And then I wrote it for you. And then I cried my eyes out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's yeah. like, what? Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. I had called all of my writers and my producers and my directors saying, like, wherever you go, I, you got a background person that needs to, like, be, you know, yeah. what, whatever, let me, let me know. I, I want to I follow the storytelling that that group of people is doing. Um, and I, I will show up wherever they need me to show up. And they were all like, Yes, we love you, but kind of hemming and hawing, and I couldn't figure out why. But it was because Vince had told them <laughs> he's going to do something with me. Well, then, uh, when, do you start? Have you started? I have not started. Have you seen? Have show. you seen a syllable yet? I've on seen a page. two scripts. Two scripts. Mm-hmm. Let's Facetime Vince right now uh-uh. and get some details. Let's do it. I'm sure he'll spill it. I've never seen anything like it in my <laughs> life. I've never done anything like it in my life. Facetime Vince, you mean? Yes. Okay. We're going to TikTok, right? <laughs> Guys, let's make We're a TikTok. Gonna, let's all TikTok. I was laughing my head off when you said, I've been, on, I've been on sets where I'm the oldest person there, and they're like, I'm like, are we, ta- are we TikToking? Oh, let's TikTok. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> no idea. Well, uh, Linoleum in select theaters right now, you, Ray Seahorn, have earned in my, ri- my, in my mind the right of seeing anything that you're in. Oh. Fact. Wow. You are, the, you are awesome. I'm going to cry again. Thank a- you. Anything that you were in, and linoleum is that, and I can't wait till what you're doing with Vince and everything else. Thank you very so, much. We're, uh, we have Rhea Seahorn here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, thank you for being here, Ray. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Check her out at Ray Seahorn on Twitter and Instagram and in select theaters in linoleum. We're back to continue our show in just a moment.
Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network on the Roku channel live stream. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Um, I love doing the show. I love doing it with you. Um, I want to thank all the fans who might not be Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad fans yep. for, you know, uh, bearing with us in that respect. And because uh, we talk here about what, what's of interest to all of us here, and that show and is of complete interest to us. And I am so thrilled that we go deep, man. When we get somebody on from Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, we go deep in it. Because it's a deep show, and I just love her. She's incredible. Ray Seahorn. I yeah. mean, yeah, I know you're not. A, you didn't really watch Better Call Saul, right, TJ? Yeah, the thing is, I'm believe it or not, I'm way behind. I'm on the final season, though. So I've got like six, oh, epi- seven episodes. I don't left. think we really. You didn't really because I. <laughs> it's so deep and, and it's, yeah, it, you know, it's, yeah, it's difficult. I tried to, to turn my brain it. off when I knew stuff was coming up. I kind of just like. Just like Del Tufo. <laughs> <laughs> right. You pull a Del Tufo. <laughs> But yeah, she, you know, I started watching her on a Whitney Cummings sitcom a few years ago, and she was definitely yeah. like, you're like, this this woman is good. And then that's when she, right after that, Better Call Saul was the next thing, and she's she's amazing. Okay, she's seen two scripts. We're getting closer. Well, automatically in. Automatically. Uh, uh, automatically well, so, was, so was apparently <laughs> Apple, yeah. you know? I mean. Done. Could you not be? <laughs> so Vince Gilligan walks in. I got this idea. Done. Well, uh, over. Oh, we don't care. Sold. I got an idea. Here's a checkbook. <laughs> Who do you need? Who's Sold. Brilliant. What must that feel like to sell something in the room like that? Not sure. In this town. Unclear. Get out of here. I mean, I sold a book once, but that was also in New York, not here. So, so yeah. here's what here's what we got. Uh, there's his bear. And <laughs> it loves cocaine. Okay. Really? <laughs> Sold. Sold. You don't say. <laughs> I love how you start laughing about it. There's a bear eating cocaine and just slaughtering Wait till Susie gives you her two cents on cocaine bear tomorrow. 
<laughs> Ruby, about three months is in. Will you ask her this when you when she sits in here tomorrow and of you have course, a, a moment? Write this down. How does she not jump? Oh, she didn't. Are you a jumper in movies when something happens? I don't watch those. Movies. You don't flinch. Yeah, he doesn't. Come like on, them. but you like but you've seen some. I, I jump. Oh, jump. jeez. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you jump? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Are you a jumper? I don't think I jumped at this one. But you didn't there was, jump at any of these moments? Come on, But man. there were some times like, ooh. Right. I didn't <laughs> jump. Yeah. No, I, I jump. She <laughs> doesn't flinch. Steely nerved. Doesn't move. Does she also do uh, puzzles with no pictures? <laughs> <laughs> that is psychotic. That, that is psychotic. <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> puzzles with no pictures. You're just literally trying to fit the... Fit them together. There's no basis to go on. What is that? The color blue. A thousand pieces. Puzzles with no pictures. Go. Also, uh, the current Packers quarterback situation. Hey, look at you, just weaving. Just it's a tapestry every day here, and that's why you go, again, I want to. I, I appreciate the Roku channel saying go deep onto pop culture. Go for it, and I appreciate the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliates. Uh, um, you know, having the show and 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 providing the pop culture conversation. Sports is that world. So it was great with. With Ray uh, coming up in hour number three, uh, Matt Barr of the CW show Walker Independence. He'll be here. He's a diehard Dallas fan. But My when man. we come back on this show, Sean Payton spoke and Josh McDaniels spoke. We're back to the world of the Combine when we come back. Joe Douglas is speaking of the Jets. Another quarterback situation that's a puzzle with no pictures. What's better, Rich? Fantastic or terrific? Oh, Fantastic, eighty-five percent. Okay. Who's the Bears' starting quarterback week one? Ninety-two percent. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. They got to get a market somehow going. If DJ, you heard what he said. He's like, "Yeah, Bryce Young's just not a fit for Chicago." Everybody's going to know that. That kind of hurts him. Then we go Stroud. It's suddenly Stroud's I, the guy now. Push him up. Push him up. Could be either of them. He's like a Fields clone. They're yeah, the same height. They're the same do, weight. They went to the same school. And guys, we're just uh, we're just doing due, due diligence. Yeah, that's all we're doing. This diligence and it's due. That's what we're doing. <laughs> D O I N G. By the way, the fact that you were the first one who used that phrase. Yes. It, it, in conjunction with this around the block. three weeks ago, and this, now, you know, the GM's saying due diligence, the coaches in. due diligence. This just in. There's an NFL. It has a block. I've been around it. <laughs> it's my 18th combine. I'm going to Indianapolis for an 18th time. Do you have your own booth at St. Elmo's? No, because I'm not a shrimp cocktail guy. That's, that's also insane. breaking news. I'm not. It's not insane. Ugh. It's not. Everyone loves shrimp cocktails. Honestly, you're 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 going to find me in the steak and shake more often Ooh. than not. Ooh.